This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's the Adam Gold Show with Adam Gold. Victoria's here. Big Panthers fan that she is, and it's been a rough start to a season. Always. At 0-4 with a trip to Detroit. And then if that doesn't work out, a trip to Miami after that, oh, I'm sure that'll go that'll go swimmingly. It's going to be great. It's going to be that'll great. It'll be fantastic. Uh, Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast. And I also believe that uh, post-game, was it Bleacher Report? We can uh, we can catch your act uh, and all of that stuff. You're a man about town. How, how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. And, yes, uh got me uh, pulling double duty with Bleacher Report immediately following the game. And then I get to my podcast, Black on Panthers, which you can check out on YouTube and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Monday through Friday, but also live about an hour after the game there on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Thank you for the plug, and uh, good to hear from you, friend. And it, it, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, sounds like what I do with the Hurricanes. Uh, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, we'll get to the the return of Austin Corbin in a second because we all know that that is significant, and he's still not yet going to play, but he's back uh, in practice, and that is a huge, huge boost for an offensive unit that has struggled, to say the least. But let's let's deal with the report from uh, NFL insider Jordan Schultz. I know he's been with ESPN and Yahoo before. Uh, he's doing his own thing now, as a lot of people are. Uh, he says that the Panthers are actively seeking out a top-tier wide receiver, my head hurts from the thought of trading a future for whatever top-tier wide receiver might become available to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, <laughs> it's hard not to laugh, honestly, um, Adam, because it was apparent to anyone who was paying attention that the Panthers' wide receiver core was going to be a serious weakness for them this year after they decided that it was easier to replace DJ more than to replace Brian Burns and Derek Brown when they traded up to number one in order to get Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be shocking to anyone at all, but the Panthers have had bad receiver play considering that they had to go out and get a 33 year old Adam Thielen that the Vikings no longer wanted. They had to go out and get DJ Shark who struggled to stay healthy and his pro bowl season that he had in Jacksonville is an anomaly when you look at yeah. the rest of his career and they drafted a wide receiver in Jonathan Mingo, who unfortunately was out last week of a concussion, but he has not shown to be all that ready so far. And Terrace Marshall, while he had a career had nine receptions on Sunday, it still felt like a minimal impact. So it should yeah. not be surprising to anyone that the Panthers wide receivers have been bad, especially to the Carolina Panthers who had opportunities this offseason to maybe try and get in with the DeAndre Hopkins yeah. sweepstakes, if you want to call it sweepstakes. And they didn't seem to be all that interested. Now the money he got in Tennessee, I don't think he was going to get that in Carolina. Odell Beckham Jr., I don't really blame them there. He's more of a name than an actual player right. could help you. And he hasn't been healthy for Baltimore. Like The receiver market wasn't great. I just find it funny that now they want to try and <laughs> trade for a number one wide receiver. And the first report came from Rappaport on Sunday morning. So it wasn't even after the Vikings game. It was before right. the Vikings game. Three games into the season, they're like, oh, crap, our receivers aren't good. Let's do something about it to help our rookie quarterback who we traded the farm to get. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because I, I I think the last time you and I talked was like the middle of preseason, and we talked about it then, that, yeah. like, Adam Thielen is the only guy that I know will be at least good. Everybody else, I thought Hayden Hurst would be much better, that, at least more impactful, 
And I don't know that it's a Hayden Hurst problem as much as it's an everything else problem. I don't want to throw Hayden under the bus. He has been essentially a non-factor. I do wonder, with Hayden Hurst's biggest impact in the preseason, uh, I know he scored a touchdown. I think he scored a touchdown in week one. But his biggest impact in the preseason was a negative one with, like, false starts in key, in key situations. I wonder if that has kind of put him behind it. Um, but I, we knew b- before the season that the wide receivers weren't going to be good. Yeah, I, know. And I had some fan who uh, DM'd me, at Julian Counts on Twitter, by the way, uh, had DM'd me being <laughs> like, well, I'm so tired of, like, knowing these things and the team seemingly not knowing the issues and just sitting there and watch, letting these issues play out in real time. Like the offensive line, which I'm sure we're going to get to uh, momentarily, I don't think that they could have foreseen it being as bad as it's been so far because of the injuries that that group has to say. But wide receiver, like it was obvious. And I don't know what's going on with Hayden Hurst. He had one target in the preseason and one and he had that ball started against the Giants on that, that field goal drive that they had on that game on Friday evening. Right. Looked great week one. He was their leading receiver. Then he didn't receive a target until the second half of week two against the Saints, second half of week two against the Seahawks, and then he got three uh, last week in the game against the Vikings, but it was only one reception for seven yards, which was a first down, one of the rare first downs they yeah. got in that game. So I don't know where he's been. You would think that a tight end would be kind of that safety valve for a young quarterback, that he would at least, he would at least be you know, targeted more. But so far, that has not been the case. And you look at DJ Chark, it's not like he's going to get a ton of targets. The no. most that he's gotten – came in the game that Andy Dalton started out in Seattle where they threw the ball 58 times, yeah. Adam. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, it, it, that, that brings us right back to the offensive line. They have not been able to run the ball. And Frank Reich wants to run the ball, but they have not been able to run it. I think they have been – I think they have abandoned it before uh, they should have. Certainly in the game against Seattle, they abandoned it before they should have. Uh, you got to be a little bit more persistent with it. I think we can learn a lesson from Duke University and the way they run, the way they approach the second half of the game against Notre Dame. They tried to throw it in the first half. From the Duke football program, yeah, also around the Carolina Panthers. And Mike Elko's done a great job. Don't get me wrong; it's not Duke hate, but like, come on. Yeah, no, but but it's true, right? In the second half, Duke said, "You know what? Screw all of it. We're a running team. We're going to run it." And the Panthers have not committed to that. Uh, at all this year, but I was it was it. A, a, I think there was a more more of a balance in the game. It was like thirty two, thirty five, uh, or yeah. right against uh, against the Vikings, and they looked better. There's, there were still a lot of mistakes, and it wasn't awesome, but they looked better against Minnesota. Some of that could be Minnesota, uh, but what does Corbett's return mean for the offensive line? Yeah, well, is it possible to Adam that Duke has more NFL caliber offensive linemen than the Carolina Panthers have? Oh, <laughs> oh, you know that hurt me. When you look at Barton and Monk, those guys are both going to be in the NFL, right? So I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Barton didn't even play I, against I, yeah. Notre Dame, by the way. Yeah, I, I kid, of course, but yeah, um, yeah the, the run game and it will get to Corbin, but the, yeah, the run game it's been interesting because week one they ran it pretty well. They ran it thirty-two times, ran for over hundred yards. I think it was like one hundred fifty-four. Yeah, and then. Week two and three combined, they ran for they ran the ball combined thirty three times, and then they ran it thirty two times on Sunday or thirty one or whatever it was. Just one of those numbers um, yeah. on Sunday ineffectively. So, and I, I think that Miles Sanders was clearly not healthy. He showed up on the injury report with yep. the groin injury, which is the same groin injury that cost him the preseason. He hasn't looked explosive. I'm not going to pretend like I watched a ton of Eagles games last year, but when I did watch the Eagles, 
He looked pretty doggone good. Yep. Eagles also have a great offensive line. Exactly. Carolina Panthers' offensive line through the first four weeks of the season is dead last in ESPN's run block win rate. Actually, shockingly, when it comes to pass block win rate, they're actually 15th in the league, which, of course, is middle of the road. <laughs> but they're the worst offensive line in pass block win rate, according to ESPN, through the first four weeks of the season. And I think that will change if they're able to, of course, get quarterback here soon. Now he's out there practicing. I just listened to what Frank Reich had to say. They have twenty day, 21-day window to get him out there to actually be active. And once he is, I think that will help them from the interior as far as just running the football and also as far as, you know, pass protection. Because Chandler Zavala posted a 0.0 grade, according to Pro Football Focus, when it came to pass blocking yeah. against the Seahawks. How is that possible? I don't know. He's someone that probably should be coming out whenever yeah. Corbett comes in. I know they moved him to left, hat, left guard because, oh, he played with Icky for a grand total of five games at NC State, so they have some <laughs> sort of relationship there. I, I'm not seeing it because Icky hasn't played well either. But, um, yeah, Corbett will help by having a guy who was your second-rated or offensive lineman last year, according to Pro Football Focus, to have that experience, that leadership. Because Bryce Young was just saying in the press conference that he had uh, earlier today that Corbett's still in the meetings. He's still showing leadership. Yeah. He's still active. So getting that on the field, that has to help this team, especially now that Brady Christensen's out for the rest of the season with that bicep and Duvall has struggled, and Throckmorton hasn't looked all that great either, filling in at right guard the last two weeks. Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast, joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Two things. One of them will be very quick. The second one, I don't know. It'll be up to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chase Claypool is basically no. Uh, getting – so the, No, not like a seventh-round pick to Chicago. No. Okay. No. All right. I mean, the they're guy – cut him. Why would you – they're going to cut him. He came out and said – to the media that and who filmed it, he came out and said <laughs> they are not using me right. And then Matt Eberflus was asked like twenty straight questions on Monday about Chase Claypool and why he was told not to show up and like refused to say like what it was. Oh, then, then let him <laughs> bring him in for free. The reporters is like, so he's going to play for the Bears again. He's like, oh, we'll see what happens. No, like, no dude, you don't tell uh, a guy to not show up and then tell him not to come and work another week and then he plays again. Like, what's the deal here? Like, he's clearly done in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And no one's going to trade for him. Like, Mike Tomlin put up with Antonio Brown, <laughs> who was an amazing talent for all that time. He put up with Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon yeah. Roethlisberger, and all that nonsense, and he didn't even give Chase Claypool three seasons. Yeah. So, no, right. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, Joe Person wrote about this yesterday. I talked to him about it. Uh, yesterday, and I talked about it last year, and I thought the opportunity last year was the time to do it, trading Brian Burns to get assets. No? No. Okay, so... You and I disagree on this, but... Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. It's been interesting to me because I've gotten a lot of Panther fans recently who've uh, said to me, I cannot believe Scott Bitter traded away Christian McCaffrey. And I've just put my face in my palm being like, weren't you all the same people who talked about how much you couldn't stand McCaffrey because he was never healthy anymore? I'm trying to trade him and yada, yada, yada. 
So I'm just kind of confused because, like, they're mad at Fitter for doing that. But now they're saying, hey, let's get rid of another good player on our team for draft picks. I'll never understand how people are picks over players. Like, Burns is a proven commodity. Yes, I know he wants a lot of money. He's worth it. Is he worth uh, Nick Bosa money? Obviously not. He's probably worth more than Max Crosby if you really look at it. And just, like, when Crosby signed, when Burns, that's just how the market works out. Just give him the money that he's owed. But it's wild to me that they decided to not trade him when his value is probably the highest it's yep. going to be last year, and then they don't sign him. Like, if you don't trade him, they could have done it last year. They could have done it when they decided to get rid of DJ Moore instead of him back in March, and they didn't do it, and they still haven't paid him. I don't really understand it at all. But if you do that, all you're doing is leaving another massive gap on your roster. It's like, okay, let's trade Brian Burns, get draft picks, go get a wide receiver. Who knows if that rookie receiver, if it's in the first round, is going to come out and play amazing right away. Because they're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, that's not going to happen. No, so the Bears even... might. Yeah, the Bears might get him and Caleb Williams. Yep. That would be a coup for them. But just knowing how the Bears go, it won't matter either way. <laughs> um, but as far as, like, with Burns, no, man. You 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 go out there, you might get a new edge rusher, you might get a new wide receiver. But I have a hard time believing that those two guys will end up being better players and Burns and then what more were for you in Carolina. So, yeah, go ahead, do that. DJ Johnson, he hasn't even played a single snap, so that's already proved to be probably a bad decision by the Panthers. Gross models has looked fine, but he's not a world beater. And Mari Bardo has also barely played. So, yeah, sure, get rid of a guy at a premium position and get draft picks, and then I'm sure that will help you. And if they do that, is that the fan base then admitting that at least fans want that too, but is that the organization admitting that they're in a rebuild? That well, that's that's the reason they won't do it. Three year, that's year the reason. Yeah, that's the reason they won't do it. Even though I think it would be, I and I had advocated for it last year uh, because they're telling us they want to get a receiver one because they're trying to win right now. Right. Even though they're zero and four, and history tells them they're already screwed. Right? No, no, they're they are. Look, they are living in denial. There's no question about that about what they are, and to me, Brian Bur- Brian Burns is a wonderful player. He's not a top. You know, I don't think he's a top 10 edge rusher in the league, um, but he's still an outstanding player. But right now, yeah. the the, pa- the Panthers are far enough away from being a playoff team where by the time they become a playoff team, I think they would have the sell by date might be done. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's the problem. They wasted three years. They did. So ideally, what you want to do. Ideally, is to like yes, have guys like Derek Brown and Brian Burns who become really good players. So you be able to have McCaffrey and to have DJ Moore, not DJ Moore, and pay them whatever, pay them what they want, and then you know fix the offensive line and then drop in a rookie quarterback where you have a competent <laughs> team around him. But instead, they traded those two other guys that would have helped them on offense. Two guys that well, solely would have helped them on offense. The offensive line is an unfortunate injuries, and you've seen the regression from Aki Aquanu defensively if you really don't look at how bad they are against the run, they could be ready to go. But now we're having a conversation getting rid of another piece yep. where you're looking at this. It doesn't even, if the way things are going and the way we're talking about, Hey, trade away burns and Oh, we got to go find a wide receiver somehow and trade more assets for that. It feels like Frank Reich's never going to even get a chance to even have a team that would be even close to com- competing for the playoffs. Cause how long is David Tepper going to wait around? Well, he's is, he, got, is he willing to wait three, four, four more years for them to finally have a team that's capable of contending? Like, it feels like they need to just have an overall reset. But if that's the case, then you shouldn't have traded up to get Bryce Young and that you should have just kept building. Well, and 
Some of us, some of us were not advocates for trading up for a quarterback in this draft either. Uh, <laughs> Julian Council, I love you, man. You're the best. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you too, man. You got it, Julian Council. <laughs> man, I love the passion. My guy, Julian. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, right. Locked on Panthers podcast, all of that. Uh, gosh, there, there are lessons to be learned. Yes. Lessons to be learned from Duke. Lessons to be learned from the Mets. <gasps> that one Terrible. hurt. Terrible. That one hurt.